Hi everybody, welcome to our improvised uh, online service. Uh, thank you for everybody at home that's joining us this evening. Um, I know we had planned to gather in the sanctuary for our usual candlelit Christmas Eve service and, and treats and punch afterwards, but the weather had other plans. Um, so we canceled that service and now we're doing kind of a, a last minute online one. Um, and we've also got some pre-recorded special music um, that we had done just in case, which is turning out very handy. Um, thank you to everybody that had put in so much hard work in planning of the Christmas Eve uh, service, um, the stewardship team for doing all the baking and getting all the, the punch ready and stuff. I'm sure your families will enjoy all of those yummy treats instead and be very grateful for them. Um, big shout out to the hand chime ensembles and the choir and Yuki and Willie um, and the bells for their rehearsing. Um, we have a few of their um, a few of those pieces that we can share with you this evening. Um, of course, this is our last Advent service as well. We normally would have Advent candles that we could be lighting here, but they're at the sanctuary. Um, but I do um, invite you, if you happen to know some of the hymns, um, A Candle is Burning, Voices United number 6, verse 5 was the hymn planned for this evening after we light the Christ candle. If you'd like to join me for a quick prayer, we come to worship to honor and to welcome you, O God, in the baby Jesus. In your humility, may we find humility. In your loving, may we give our own love. In your humanity, may we affirm our own humanity. In your coming, may we share your good news with all of our aching world. Amen. And now the call to worship. The time has come. The waiting ends. God chooses to become one of us, the creator of the cosmos incarnate, embodied in a baby. The Almighty becomes visible in a helpless child, vulnerable to everything. A baby needs constant feeding, cleansing, care, and tenderness. A baby is completely dependent on the loving goodwill of the world. A baby rules a household not by power but by needs met by love like proud welcoming loving parents we welcome the newborn with joy jesus is born to young parents to us the world hallelujah the time has come let us worship god and if you know the hymn you're welcome to now enter Going to pause and sing Voices United number 73, The Virgin Had a Baby Boy. A Christmas Prayer. You feel free to join. God of stable stars and surprises, of light and hope and new life, open our eyes and hearts to your presence in our world. Forgive our obsession with property and possession. Forgive our compromises and narrowness of vision. Open us to your grace that we might hear again the song of the angels and respond with a song in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. And now we have a gift of music and then the video sermon with Reverend 
Tracy Robertson. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to Christmas Eve, a time to recall the story of Jesus's birth. In telling this old, old story, it's hard not to become careless with the familiar. We have heard year after year of Jesus's birth. We know about the shepherds, the angels, the stable, the wise men, and about Mary and Joseph as they experience the joyous birth of their very special child. We know the story well. And yet, telling the story again and again is important and comforting. So I invite you to take a deep breath and clear your minds as we journey through the nativity story. We will be traveling through the stations of, of the birth as if we were having hearing it, as if we were hearing it for the first time through the scriptures. Then we'll pause after every time we, after every scripture reading, we'll pause and we'll consider a wondering question. Wondering a question about what it would have been like then and what it is for us now. How would we respond today? As a side and as an addition, um, at the end of this service, I will be offering a very simple communion. So while I have this wonderful COVID safe prepackaged wafer and juice, you are invited to have ready whatever symbol of bread and wine that you prefer. Let's begin our journey. Station one, the birth of Jesus foretold. 
Six months later, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a young woman named Mary. She was engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. Upon arriving, the angel said to Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one, God is with you. Blessed are you among women. Mary was deeply troubled by these words and wondered what the angel's greeting meant. The angel went on to say to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You'll conceive and bear a son and give him the name Jesus, deliverance. His dignity will be great and he will be called the only begotten of God. God will give Jesus the judgment seat of David, his ancestor, to rule over the house of Jacob forever, and his reign will never end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I have never been with a man? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Hence the offspring to be born will be called the Holy One of God. Know too that Elizabeth, your kinswoman, has conceived a child in her old age. She who was thought to be infertile is now in her sixth month. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary said, I am the servant of God. Let it be done to me as you say. With that, the angel left her. Gabriel said, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Mary was confused by this sudden appearance. There's a lot to celebrate at Christmas, but maybe there's something that perplexes you. Tell God what confuses you. There is so much that confuses me, especially about the Bible. But I recently heard these three beautiful quotes that helped me feel the true specialness of Mary. Rashad Field says, Mary was chosen to bear Jesus because she kept her purity intact. Simple people call this her virginity. But those who know understand that to be pure means to be completely adaptable, to flow with each moment, to be like a running stream cascading from the waters of life itself. To be pure is to spread joy. And joy is the unfoldment of the knowledge of the protection of God. Jalalundin Rumi says, the body is like Mary and each of us has a Jesus inside. Who is not in labor, holy labor? Every creature is. And finally, Meister Eckhart says this, we are all meant to be mothers of God. What good is it to me if Mary is full of grace when I am not also full of grace? What good is it to me for the creator to give birth to his son? If I do not also give birth to him in my time and my culture, this then is the fullness of time when the son of God is begotten in us. Station two, Mary's song of praise. Mary said, my soul proclaims your greatness, O God, and my spirit rejoices in you, my Savior. For you have looked with favor upon your lowly servant, and from this day forward, all generations will call me blessed. For you, the Almighty, have done great things for me, and holy is your name. Your mercy reaches from age to age for those who fear you. 
You have shown strength with your arm. You have scattered the proud in their conceit. You have deposed the mighty from their thrones and raised the lowly to high places. You have filled the hungry with good things while you have sent the rich away empty. You have come to the aid of Israel, your servant, mindful of your mercy, the promise you made to our ancestors, to Sarah and Abraham and their descendants forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned home. Mary sings for the hope of the world and the wonder of the child in her womb. She wants God to do important things that God has promised like send the rich, rich away and lift up the poor. Imagine what God sang back to Mary. St. Louis de Montfort says this, in, the, in these latter times, Mary must shine forth more than ever in mercy, power, and grace. The salvation of the world began through Mary, and through her it must be accomplished. For your kingdom come, O Lord, may the kingdom of Mary come. Maybe God saying back to Mary that she is only the beginning. Maybe God said, Mary, you will be the role model for many to understand how to live out love to the fullest. In all we do, may we too hear God singing back to us, so, that, so telling us that we are the shining examples of that same unconditional love in the world. Station three, Joseph visited by an angel. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. When Jesus's mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, an upright person unwilling to disgrace her, decided to divorce her quietly. This was Joseph's intention when suddenly the angel of God appeared in a dream and said, Joseph, heir to the house of David, don't be afraid to wed Mary. It is by the Holy Spirit that she has conceived this child. She is to have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, salvation. All this happened to fulfill what God had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and give birth, and the child will be named Emmanuel, a name that means God is with us. When Jesus awoke, he did as the angel of God had directed, and they went ahead with the marriage. Mary had a son and they named him Jesus. The angel appeared to Joseph while he was sleeping. It came to him in a dream. In Joseph's dream, he, told, he was told to do a hard thing. The angel tells him not to be afraid. What gives you courage to do hard things? So what gives me courage to do hard things is that voice inside my head that's encouraging me to speak up against injustice. Many times I found myself in situations where I wish I would have said something, and I believe that God is behind that encouragement. 
In fact, I know that standing up for the marginalized, working towards equality, eliminating the stigma of mental health, and fighting for systemic changes to racism and poverty, they are all of God. And if I claim to be the vessel of Jesus, if I am Christ's hands and feet, then it's my responsibility to make those changes, or at least try. Station four, the journey to Bethlehem. In those days, Caesar Augustus published a decree ordering a census of the whole Roman world. This first census took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All the people were instructed to go back to their towns of their birth to register. And so Joseph went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to the city of David, Bethlehem in Judea, because Joseph was of the house and lineage of David. He went to register with Mary, his espoused wife, who was pregnant. The journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem was long. It would not have been easy. Perhaps Mary and Joseph held each other's hands when they were walking and resting. Whose hand would you like to hold and why? I have two examples of hands to share. I lost my dad a year ago, and I often yearned to hold his hands. His hands were farmer's hands, calloused and strong, but I often reflect on his hands being gentle and kind. And I love holding my partner's hand because we have this unique way of holding hands and it just fits, if you know what I mean. As close as possible, bringing comfort and warmth, a true feeling of safety. Station five, the birth of Jesus. While they were there, the time came for her delivery. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She put him in a simple cloth wrapped like a receiving blanket and laid him in a feeding trough for cattle because there was no room for them at the inn. When they got to Bethlehem, there was no room for them at the inn. Can you imagine what it must have smelled like when Mary and Joseph stepped into that stable? For me, growing up on the farm, I love the smell of a barn with animals in it. I have no problem smelling manure. In fact, I prefer that to rotten garbage or burning plastics or even other types of fertilizers. The other smells that I can imagine in that stable that night that would waft through my nose would be dust, dirt, hay or straw, and animal fur. Now, many of these smells would not be very appealing to those of you who have allergies. And I'm sorry for that. But to me, these smells bring me back to a safe and secure childhood. Station six, the shepherds and the angels. There were shepherds in the area living in the fields and keeping night watch by turns over their flock. The angel of God appeared to them and the glory of God shone around them. They were very much afraid. The angel said to them, you have nothing to fear. I come to proclaim good news to you, news of great joy to be shared by the whole people. 
Today in David's city, a savior, the Messiah, has been born to you. Let this be a sign to you. You'll find an infant wrapped in simple cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host, with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in high heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom God's favor rests. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see this event that God has made known to us. They hurried and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Once they saw this, they reported what they had been told concerning the child. All who heard about it were astonished at the report given by the shepherds. Mary treasured all these things and reflected them in her heart. The shepherds went away glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. Shepherds were watching over their flocks when suddenly the glory of God was everywhere. Glory is when all of our senses know that God is with us. Let's see if we can feel God's glory in five things you can see. Four things you can feel or touch. Listen for glory in three things you can hear. Smell for two things that smell like glory. And notice one thing you can taste. So my glory senses, if I was go through the senses of what I see, feel, hear, smell, and taste, things that give me no doubt that God is with me, here we go. The things I see, almost anything in nature. That includes dramatic colors in the sky, the sun rises, the sun sets, the northern lights, the cloud formations, the mountains and endless prairies, and the wildlife, of course. The second thing I see that would give me no doubt that God is with me, diversity of people. And love being lived out in the kindness of others. Sign language, something you can see, and the joy in someone's face when they accomplish something. So great to see. The four things that I would feel are my dog's fur. Definitely feel God close to me when I feel my dog's fur. A hug a carrying hand on my shoulder, walking arm in arm with my adult children. The three things that I would hear when I know that God is with me and close by is the wind rustling through the leaves of a tree, my absolute favorite sound, a baby's uncontrollable giggles, and languages that I don't understand. I see and feel God then. The two things that I would smell knowing that feeling that God's glory is with me would be rain and the smell of harvest on the farm. And definitely the thing I would taste in feeling that God is with me in the glory of God is comfort food. Station seven, the visit of the wise men. After Jesus's birth, which happened in Bethlehem of Judea during the reign of Herod, astrologers from the east arrived in Jerusalem and asked, where is this newborn ruler of the Jews? We observed his star at its rising and have come to pay homage. At this news, Herod became greatly disturbed, as did all of Jerusalem. 
Summoning all the chief priests and religious scholars of the people, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they informed him, here is what the prophet has written. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, since from you will come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Herod called the astrologers aside and found out from them the exact time of the star's appearance. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, after having instructed them, go and get detailed information about the child. When you have found him, report back to me, so that I may go and pay homage too. After their audience with the ruler, they set out. The star which they had observed at its rising went ahead of them until it came to a standstill over the place where the child lay. They were overjoyed at seeing the star. And upon entering the house, they found the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and paid homage. Then they opened their coffers and presented the child with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, so they went back to their own country by another route. The wise men opened their coffers and presented the child with gifts. What's your favorite gift to receive? What's your favorite gift to give? What gift would you give Jesus? My ultimate favorite gift is spending time with people. My favorite gift to give is the unexpected. Love that. And my gift for Jesus would be my passion for justice and all things fair and good. And maybe a huge cinnamon bun with loads of cream cheese icing or a piece of pumpkin pie with whipped cream. So friends, may this Christmas be one of wonder and connection to the divine. And may it be done in whatever way is unique to you. Amen. Merry Christmas. The wise men came bearing gifts. In this season of giving and receiving, we're inviting you to share a portion of what you have so that the light of the Christmas star can shine not only in our lives, but in the lives of others. We invite you, if you would like to, to make a donation to Grace United Church so that we can continue all of the wonderful good work that happens in our community. Sacred Creator, thank you for the gifts that have been given here, whether they're money, time, or the amazing talent that we have. It takes all of them for us to be able to share your light into the world. May we always be a light so that people can look to us for hope and love like the Christmas star. Amen. God of grace, we know that you are the source of all good things, joining us in all of our rejoicing, and that in our suffering, you are nearer to us than we can imagine, holding us with a love that will not let us go. Today, we bring before you all of our celebrations and our concerns trusting that as our prayers rise to you your joy mercy comfort and endurance will be poured out on us and all of those who are in our hearts or known to you alone in places of illness and injury to those suffering the loss of loved ones so near a time when families gather 
in places of hurt and abuse, to those having a hard time seeing the light in the darkness. As with all things named and unnamed, we trust in your goodness and vision and wisdom and rest easy in your arms of compassion. Amen. Once again, I'd like to thank my husband for the impromptu recording and quick editing services. I'd like to thank Heather for her wonderful instruction for the choir and the hand time ensemble and all of our choir singers and those in the ensembles for their wonderful talent and all the hard work that they did um, with their beautiful gifts of music um, so that we could have kind of an impromptu service this evening, um, even though we can't gather due to the weather. We hope that you go now in hope and peace and joy and love, knowing that God goes with us through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Amen and Merry Christmas. Now, normally when we would be at church, this is when we would invite you to light your candles and we would sing Silent Night. So if you're at home, feel free to pause the video now, get some candles out and have them lit and join us in singing Silent Night with the Hand Time Ensemble. Merry Christmas, everybody, and Happy New Year. of hurts that can be healed. 
Including 